Merry Christmas. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I want to welcome everybody who's watching us online and Merry Christmas to you too. I hope, we as a church hope that this Christmas is one of the best, most fabulous Christmases that you've ever had, that you enjoy the life that you have, but you also enjoy what God is doing inside of your life. And uh, we hope that that this Christmas season is just fulfilling for you in your life. We have been on a series here uh, called Joy over the last several weeks, kind of leading up to Christmas Day and the, the joy that uh, this whole thing about Christmas is about. And it really all starts, this whole idea of joy, it's, it's not our idea, it's not the church's idea. It, it actually came from uh, God's perspective and there's some angels that came and visited some shepherds in a field, minding their own business, doing their job like every day, and angels appear. And here's what they said. They said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Savior, the sent one from God, the Lord. That's who he is, and he's going to bring great joy into your life. And, you know, we're just talking about joy. And joy is an emotion that is hard to describe. It is. It, it kind of entails, I think it's definitely way deep down in our, in our heart, in our being. Joy is this, I don't know, it has something to do with kind of contentment. It has something to do with just a great positive feeling. And, and this joy in our heart is so important for, for us as human beings. As a matter of fact, we all love experiencing joy. Joy is one of the, the greatest emotions that we will ever have. And we all are trying to experience joy in our lives. It's a lot of what causes us to do the things that we do. And most of us have experienced joy. And the times that we experience joy, it's hard to put into words what we feel inside, but it's the most pleasant emotion that there is. Think about when you graduated either from high school or from college. Just think about that day of when you graduated. What was that emotion inside that you graduated? You, you, you felt so lighthearted. You, you felt so pleased. You felt so content. You felt like you'd, you had accomplished it. And there was this, just this joy on the inside. Or do you remember the very first time that you fell in love or went on a date? You remember that almost you can't hardly describe it. There's no words to describe it, but there's this, this, this pleasure on the inside that is fulfilling and, and just so satisfying. It's, it's an awesome thing. It's joy in, in our heart. And we experience those in so many ways in life. At least most of us have. Remember the day you got married? Remember that, that, that feeling, that emotion in your heart of, of joy, of happiness and it's more than happiness. It's, it's a fulfilling, satisfying happiness on the inside. Or when you had your first child or your children, everyone, every one of them, except the middle one, nobody remembers the middle one. But anyway, besides that, the, 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 what, the, try to remember when you had your children and that, that, that emotion, that feeling inside that you can't hardly explain. There's no words to explain, but we all know what it is. It's a thing inside. As a matter of fact, we find that Many times in life, and we're searching for it, if you accomplish something, you get a big raise, you, you achieve what you want to achieve, what is that emotion on the inside? That is a, a joy, a peace, a fullness. It's, 
It's all these things that kind of describe joy. And, and I think that's why as a culture, we are so driven. We are absolutely driven to entertainment, to vacations, to hobbies, to things like that. We are, we are driven. As a matter of fact, we work so hard. Every, we're willing to be miserable all week so that we can do something on the weekend, that we can do our recreation, that we can do our entertainment, that we can do these things. Why? Because when we do them, we, we experience something on the inside, and it's, it's joy. We experience this joy when we do it. That's why we want to do it over and over again. Some of you experienced it yesterday when a football team won. But, like, I pray for you often. I don't understand it. Why watching grown men run around and I don't know. Anyway, uh, but some of you experience this, this just, just, just joy on the inside. Uh, I, 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 we have hobbies. I, I have mine. I, I find joy in these things. I'm going to share with you this past fall, a few months ago, my hunting experiences. Okay. Why? I find joy in it. That in Wyoming, harvesting antelope, when uh, in this picture, there's something on the inside, and I don't know, I'm not, some of you aren't going to get it. Shaheen doesn't understand it. I pray for him often. There's this feeling on the inside that is just, it makes me want to do it over and over again, right? It, it, it's, just, it's just something on the inside is, 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 great, is great joy. And, and uh, after that, I, I went and uh, did a little bow hunting and, uh, for you guys who bow hunt, you, you're impressed. It's the only reason I'm showing it. I had to figure out some way to get it into a message so I could show all of you kind of what I did this fall. But there is something that drives... Why else, why else would you get up so early in the morning and work so hard and, and plan all year? Why? Because, because it, it gives this, this undescribable feeling inside that we call joy. But I, I find joy in many other things. Obviously, I find great joy in my family. And you probably don't get this, just like Jean doesn't get my hunting stuff, but I look at every face in this picture and it just I find great joy. I just love being with them. I, I love spending time with them. It's this this joy that, that it gives. And it's it's what motivates life and it's why we do so much of what we do. I find joy being here on Sunday. And I know some of you, you know, you're here just because somebody made you come. But I, I find joy uh, seeing your faces. I find joy being here. I, I love this thing called the body of Christ and church. It just, it, it gives me joy. But these things that we experience in life, the, these joy things, do you think that's what the angel was talking about? Let me really think about it. I want you to really think about it. Angels from heaven leave. They appear on earth. And they proclaim good news that's going to bring great joy to all the people. Do you think they were talking about football, golf, hunting, shopping, family? Is that what this angel was proclaiming? Is that why... Thousands of angels came and filled the hills. I think it's bigger than that. As a matter of fact, I think it's much bigger than that. As a matter of fact, what the angel said was, there will be great joy. Joy is good, but 
the angels were talking about great joy. I, I imagine, I imagine what the angels were talking about is way bigger than harvesting an animal, a football team winning, even getting married or having kids. Greater than that. I mean, great. I imagine the great joy that they were talking about has nothing to do with our circumstances, nothing to do with how well life is going and did I accomplish this or didn't I? Did this go bad? I imagine what the angel's intent was that this joy is so big, it is coming from the inside. It is, it is a source. It is a defining joy of our whole life that, that has nothing to do with the outside circumstances, but this joy would, would be the, the mark of our lives, that this joy would be the driving force of our life, that this joy would be the most fulfilling thing in life when they said a great joy for all the people. That, that the angels were talking about something, God of the universe became a human being, Emmanuel, that God was with us for the purpose of rescuing us for all eternity to be with God forever when we didn't deserve it. That is a joy. I imagine what the angel's intent was that this joy would absolutely transform our lives, that this joy would be so great. It would dictate to us life itself. And we see this from the early church. We just think about the early church and, and what they did and how their lives and 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 we could we could we could say what what really what described these apostles lives i think we would say joy as a matter of fact they themselves would have had said that this joy this great joy is actually where we get our strength it's actually what makes us go. It's why we get up in the morning. It's just this great joy that the angels were talking about is why we even live in what we do. We see that the apostles, the ones that, that followed Jesus, those first apostles, after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, a short time later, they were arrested. They were brought before the courts. They were told to never talk about Jesus again. And if that isn't enough, they were then flogged. I don't know if you know what flogging is. I'm not going to go into detail, but tell you what, it's being whipped in a very, very brutal fashion. Bare skin, whipped. They, they were most likely bleeding, cut open, needed stitches. I mean, they were, they, they were, the pain is probably unimaginable to us that they went through. You know what the Bible says? What, what, when they left that flogging, the Bible tells us that they left rejoicing. Rejoicing. Why would you be rejoicing when you're in so much pain and nothing's going right and you didn't do anything wrong and you're, and you're beat, you're almost killed? Where, where's this rejoicing coming from? It's coming from this great joy that's on the inside. It's in here. They can't whip that out of you. They can't, well, they couldn't out of the first apostles. They couldn't take that joy out of them. We see an example of the very first Christian martyr, Stephen, that he was doing the same thing, just telling everybody about God's incredible love for us, that he would rescue us from the eternity that we deserve. And Jesus would take the price that we deserve upon himself, the penalty 
so that we could live forever with God. And it ticked people off. I mean, I, I don't know why. I, I honestly can't understand it, but it, it, would, it ticked people off. So they actually stoned him to death. I'll tell you what, that first century stoning was not pretty. I, I would think, oh, if they just had a three-ton stone, <laughs> dropped it on you, it'd be okay. I could deal with that. But no, it's little stuff. They literally pile stones and throw them at you and throw them at you until you were bruised, bleeding, cut open, broken bones, until you die. But Stephen, with this unexplainable joy on the inside, he says right before he dies that it's recorded that he said, Father, don't hold this against him. Listen, it's not about me. I don't care what they did to me. It's not about this. I want them to know you. And, and it's just, he wasn't bitter. He wasn't angry. He wasn't mad. He wasn't like revenge. It was the opposite. It's this joy that was on the inside, overpowered everything in his life. It, it honestly was like defining joy of his very life. There's, this, there's a story in the Bible about the Apostle Paul and his buddy Silas. And Paul gets a vision from God about a man from Macedonia saying, come to Macedonia. And so this vision w was from God, and he, and he just concluded that God wants us to go to Macedonia, and we're serving God. We're following God. We're being obedient Christians. They go to Macedonia. He does this great miracle, casts a demon out of this, this young girl, and they get arrested for it. Can you imagine? I mean, put yourself in those shoes. Following God, doing what God's asked you to do, even doing a great miracle, and people don't like it, and they actually arrest you. Here's what happened to Paul and Silas. They were arrested for doing something good, for doing God's work, for loving people. And they were beaten with rods. I've never been beaten with a rod, but it doesn't sound pretty. They were beaten with rods. I can imagine bruise, maybe a broken bone or two. We don't know. Obviously cutting, bleeding. And then the jailer was warned, do not let these people escape. So the jailer, I mean, it meant his, his life if he did. He put them in the inner prison. We're talking dungeon. Imagine, just put your mind there in a dungeon. No cement floor, right? No heat, no cold, damp, dark. And then they fastened their feet in steel fetters and put, in, put them in, locked their, their legs up. Now, can you imagine for a minute the temptation would be, I, I can just see Silas. Paul, are you sure you saw a vision to come to Macedonia? You must have missed this one. Because if God was with us, everything would be going hunky-dory. There they were, hurting beyond hurt, tired, cold, probably hungry, and they are locked up in what is recorded as this. At midnight, at midnight, they were praising and worshiping God. They were expressing what's in here. What's in here is coming. They couldn't beat it out of them. They couldn't lock it out of them. They couldn't starve it out of them. They're, because this joy, this great joy 
was absolutely life-defining, motivating. It's what, it's what made them go. This joy on the inside was greater than the penalty, the, the problems, the difficulties on the outside, that their joy was so full they couldn't help but to worship God no matter what their circumstances are. And that came, comes from the inside. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul himself kind of describes this in, in many ways, but I, I just want to read this one to you, that, that where the source comes from, he says, but we have this treasure, this joy, this presence of God in jars of clay. And he's talking about our, in our humanness. In jars of clay, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. It's not from us. It's not from our circumstances. It is inside of us, and it is from God. We are hard-pressed on every side, no doubt. But we're not crushed. Because of our source. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. That presence, that great joy is always with us. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. This this joy that comes from the inside, the source is in here. It's not outside. It's not circumstances, but it is from God, a great joy that actually propels life and makes life living. We don't see it very often, but I have over the years, I've seen people just like the apostles. It's not just a first century thing. I've seen people with a joy that can't be taken from them, can't be beaten out of them, can't be... It's absolutely amazing. But I'll tell you one story. My friend Jack. My friend Jack, he died at 59 years old of cancer. But his life was... I think you could describe his life as being great joy. He wasn't a great Christian, okay? All his behaviors weren't great. As a matter of fact, there were some real flaws in him. Real, I don't want to give you the bad, wrong picture. But there is one thing he had, joy that you just couldn't take away. When he was diagnosed with cancer and they told him he had uh, you know, several months to live, I remember when he came to tell me about it. I thought he was joking. Because of that, I almost said tricking, uh, that fabulous smile on his face. Like, are you kidding? You're telling me you are dying and, and it's, it's terminal and they give you several months. Yeah, I am. And, and he was concerned about everybody else. I remember going to see him, especially when it got to the last couple of weeks where he was bedridden and he was, he had so much stinking joy in his life. I wondered, like, do you understand what's happening? Oh, yeah, he did. And I remember at the time, I was uh, fairly new, diagnosed with my eye issues and stuff. And I remember him laying in his bed, couldn't move much, didn't have much strength. But he's laying there with this smile on his face, saying, Kevin, 
My heart goes out to you. I feel so heavy for you that your eyesight is going. And I said, Jack, you're the one dying. And he said, I get to go to heaven. This joy that has no sense in this world, but it is a source from God on the inside. And my question for us, for all of us, is this the type of joy that would describe you? Is this the type of joy that would describe my life? Would others look at you and say, I just want to tell you about them, that just joy, just joy in their life is just kind of their motivator. It's what makes them go. It's, it's who they are. Because here's the sad thing. Very few of us, very few of us have experienced this great joy that the angels came to announce that is available to the whole world, to everyone. I came to bring you good news of a great joy that is for all the people. Yet so few have that joy. So few. As a matter of fact, I think sometimes, and if, if you're a Christian, okay, and uh, if you're watching this and you're, you're a Christian, I, I don't expect all of us are, but if you are, I, 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 I've observed something in our, our, us Christians' lives. We're not much different than non-Christians. Sure, we may not smoke and we may not drink and we may not watch bad movies and we certainly don't swear. I get that. Because we're supposed to be different than non-Christians. I, I get that. But when it comes down to this defining thing that should define a Christian versus a non-Christian, I don't see it much. As a matter of fact, what I see is we as Christians, our source of joy is no different than a non-Christian. We have to get the next thing. We have to shoot the next deer. We have to go on the next vacation. We have to have our sports team win one more. It seems to me like we're trying to find our joy no different than non-Christians are trying to find their joy. And let me, let me take it just a step further. Sometimes in Christianity, I see us Christians having less joy than people who aren't Christians. And this isn't all of us, but I have observed so many times Christianity or Christians who strive to not sin, to live right, to be different than everybody else, to try so hard not to swear, not to go to bad movies, not to do... I, I see these people who are so strict on... I am going to follow everything God said. My observation, it's not all of them. There is less joy in their lives. Less joy. I've ran into many Christians, hopefully you're not one of them, that they actually are more bitter, more angry. They have less patience. They are critical. They, they, they are just not happy. 
There, there's like no joy in their lives. And like, it's, that's not what the angel came to say. The angel came to say, I bring you good news that will cause great, great joy for everybody who understands, receives, and believes what Jesus did for them to be united with God. And whether you're a Christian or whether you're not, my question is this. If you don't describe yourself as having this life-defining joy on the inside, would you like it? Even asking that question, well, let's see. How much will it cost me? What's it worth? Do I really want this joy? Really? If, if you and I could have a joy on the inside, that it doesn't matter what circumstances happen. Oh, I win or I lose. Oh, yep, I lost my job. Oh, I got a new one. Oh, you know what? I, I, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Can you imagine having a joy that that stuff just doesn't affect? Sure, we got to be responsible. We got to live life. We got to do this. But it doesn't, that stuff doesn't affect, oh, I didn't shoot an animal this year. It's okay. It, wouldn't you want it? Thank you. You watching this, wouldn't you want it? Of course we would. And if you and I want this great joy that the angel spoke about, then maybe we got to stop doing some things we're doing and maybe we're missing the mark. Maybe, maybe every one of us got to just think about this. Maybe I'm missing the mark. Because, because some of us, we know what we're trying to do. We're trying to include God. We say, hey, God, God, I, I, I'm missing this joy. I need you to help me. And, and here's some of our prayers. God, help me have joy. Fix my marriage. God, I'm just counting on you to fix my marriage so I'll have joy. Oh, God, I'm just saying, God, will you help me have joy? Give me the job I'm looking for so I can have joy. Oh, God, will you just heal me? Lord, I, Lord, help me have joy. Will you just heal me so I can have joy? I think we're missing it. We think that what God will do for us will bring joy. When I'm not sure that's what it's all about. It's not what God does for us. So we have a very blessed life. If we're still counting on circumstances, even if God changes them, if we're still relying on circumstances to give us joy, guess what? We will all live long enough. Hopefully, we will live long enough that we're going to lose a job, that we're going to lose family members, that we're going to have health. It's not going to go on. Or how about this? And I say this with really being careful. But I think sometimes in Christianity, we think, if I just study this more, if I just learn everything in here, if I just memorize it, if I know how to cross-reference everything, I'll find joy. This is very good about telling us about joy, how we can have joy, where to get it. But the joy itself isn't in here. It's not. And I think sometimes we miss it. It's not in there. The great joy that those angels were talking about is a relationship with God. 
God is the joy. Not what God does, not how God blesses, but God's very presence, God himself. He is the joy. It is as you and I have a relationship with God that we are filled with great joy, a joy that circumstances can't give, can't take away, can't add to. It is our source, the source of joy. This great joy of life is in God's presence in our life. He is like the power pack. His presence in us is the joy. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of like this. Okay, uh, analogies never are perfect, but uh, I think sometimes this fire truck represents our life. And, and we, we take our life and we try to make joy happen. And we, and we, try, to, we try to do things and cause things that circumstances so that we'll have joy. And certainly we do get a level of joy by doing that. And we do it. So we go, kind of, I'm not saying pretend, but sometimes almost like make this happen. Cool fire truck. And I'm going to do all these things. And we're we're kind of missing something. Our life is kind of shallow. Even though we do things, sometimes our life is shallow and it's empty. And we know there's something missing, so we just try harder, no matter how we're trying harder. And the source, the source is the power pack. It's the power pack. We can try whatever we want, but until the power pack is placed inside of us, when we allow the presence of God in a relationship with him, he powers us up, and then, then we're alive, huh? And then we got, I mean, look at this cool stuff, huh? I mean, hey, that's life. He's the power of life. The lights go on. The joy is there. It's, it's like the energy is on the inside, and he makes everything work on the inside. It's in this relationship with God, allowing him inside in this relationship. It's hard to describe, and it's something that Shaheen and I talk about all the time, is this relationship with God is the source. It, you know what? Following God is great. Obeying God is great. Is it? But, but those things don't, don't supply the joy, this great joy the angels were talking about. It comes from God himself in us, in a relationship. Listen to how uh, King David, I, I think, you know, how greatest king of, of Israel, how he describes what I'm trying to get across here. He says this, he says, you make known to me the path of life. I mean, life that is truly life. It's, it's in here. It's not out here. He says, you will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasure at your right hand. It is He's confessing, God, you fill me with great joy in your presence. It is with you, it is in in your presence that this great joy is in my life and not all the things around me and certainly all the blessings you give, but that's that's not what it goes. He says this, he's talking about himself as the king. Uh, He says, surely you have granted him, he's referring to him as the king, him unending blessings and made him glad with the joy of 
your presence. All the things that God did in the king's life, all the miracles, all those stuff. But he says this, it is the great joy that I find in your presence, in this relationship with God. So, how do you and I find this relationship with God? Is it going to cost a lot of money? Do I have to really work hard? Do I got to be more obedient? I would like to say this, and I hope you never forget this. God is not playing hide-and-seek with us. Shaheen uses this analogy sometimes. He says, God has not given us a treasure map that we got to jump through hoops and follow, cross a bridge, climb a rope to find a treasure. God's not playing games with us. He's not hiding with us. It's, it's this simple. If you and I want everything that this angel was proclaiming, everything that Jesus came to give us and paid so much so we could have this relationship with God, it is this simple. James, one of the writers in the Bible, says this, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Well, how do I got to draw? Do I got to do it just right? Well, I can't. Listen, there's no secrets. It's not hard. It's draw near to God just like we would draw near to anybody else. Talk and spend time. How do you draw near to people? How are your relationships close? You talk and you spend time. To draw near to God, some of us, what we need to do is we need to understand the Bible better. For some of us, drawing near to God is we need to learn, well, who is God? What does he say? What did Jesus do? What does that mean? How am I forgiven? How does God look at me? Some of us need to just know what this says about God. And some of us, we need to close this. We know what it says. And we need to be with God. And be with God. It's not hard. We don't have to jump through hoops. God is the source of great joy. And Jesus made it totally possible for every one of us to have this relationship with God. He did all the doing. All we got to do is the experience. Draw close to God. It's not hard. Spend time. Talk to him. Just be with him. Be with him in worship. Be with him in silence. Be with him when you're driving or when you're driving. Be with him when you're driving. Be. Be with God. How do we talk to God? Just like we talk to each other. God, I, I want you. I believe in Jesus. I, I believe you're loving and all that. But I want to know you. God, I want to experience you. It's that simple. God, I want to experience you. Fill me. And God, I, I, I'm not, it's not going to be a, oh God, hey, uh, by the way, catch me on the, you know, uh, send me a, send me an email, you know, because I, no, just spend time, stop, stop, and be with God. Spend time with him, listen to him, enjoy him. And he, his presence, he alone will fill us 
with great joy that no one can take away, no circumstance can rob, nothing, nothing can come in the way of his life-defining, life-giving presence of great joy. Let's talk to God right now. Father, we have searched for joy in so many ways. We've worked so hard and spent so much to find moments of joy. Some of us, we've studied so hard and we've worked so hard and we've tried so hard and we've, we've changed our whole lifestyle trying to find this thing called joy only to have little success. When you offer us you would say, I am joy. I'm your source. I'm your power. A relation. Allow me to be close with you. Draw near to me, and I will fill you with great joy that will define your life today, tomorrow, and through eternity. Father, I ask you to fill each one of us with your spirit your presence, and your power. May we experience you, you, the living God, within our lives. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.